You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Jurassic World Dominion. Blue, you had a baby. That's impossible. Hey, girl. You look just like your mother. I promise you, I am going to get her back. Genetic power has now been unleashed. We made a terrible mistake. The doomsday clock might be about out of time. gonna survive what matters is what we do now i can use your expertise you coming or what a baby raptor i made a promise we would bring her home you made a promise to a dinosaur yeah what everybody hold on to somebody that can't be right Is carnivore the world has ever seen. Run! See? Not so bad. Alright, everybody, you're just listening to the trailer for Jurassic World Dominion, and the story is as follows. The future of mankind hangs in the balance as humans and dinosaurs coexist following the destruction of Isla Nublar. The film is starring Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, DeWanda Weiss, and Campbell Scott. It is written and directed by Colin Trevorrow, co-written by Emily Carmichael. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Daniel Howitt. Hello, hello. And Danilo Castro. Hey, everybody. Let's get into this. All right. Yeah, let's uh, let's go back to the park, shall we? Let's. All right. So Jurassic World 2015, right? I believe it was. Yep. Yeah. Mixed reviews, to say the least, but it makes like over a billion dollars. Okay. People love dinosaur, dinosaur action. The reviews were more positive. It wasn't so mixed. It's, it's at like a 70 plus something on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's, it was all right. Okay. Wow. All right. I see we're already going to have some conflict on this episode. <laughs> so, all right. Fine. Mixed positive reviews for Jurassic World in 2015. And it just goes to show you that people really love that 1993 original film, Jurassic Park, by Steven Spielberg. I mean, even the sequel, The Lost World, uh, by Steven Spielberg, which, granted, it's definitely not as good as the first one at all. But even that, like, has a lot of fans now uh, because of the nostalgia factor. Hell, even Jurassic Park 3 in some cases. So... Jurassic World really tapped into something that people really wanted to see, but I feel like all the wrong lessons were learned from that. And Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, me personally, I <laughs> I was not a fan of that film. That was like one of my least favorite movies of that year. I know a lot of people who do like the second one, though, from Jay Boyana, though. 
Uh, but Colin Trevorrow, he directed the first film. He He's now come back for the third here. And this is really attempting, at least according to what they say, to wrap up the story from the first three films, the original trilogy, and now this new Jurassic World trilogy to bring you this epic grand conclusion to the Jurassic World era. <sighs> All right, so in bringing back the original trio of cast members, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, bringing them together with the new cast, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and a few others, modern day technology, and also the fallout of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, where now dinosaurs are no longer contained to some sort of a park or an island, but are roaming the world amongst us. How does this movie all wrap itself up? At 146 minutes long, this is the longest running Jurassic World, Jurassic Park movie that we've had yet. So I expected big things heading into this. Not just big dinosaurs, but big things for the story. <sighs> A lot of sighing in the beginning here. Daniel Howitt, what did you think of Jurassic World Dominion? Well, this this review is going to be interesting because the problem, the biggest problem with Jurassic World Dominion is that it was just like in one ear and out the other for me. I mean, it, it's just this whole Jurassic World trilogy is just the most forgettable direction they could have taken the franchise. So uh, I'll, I'll just start with my broad thoughts. Uh, the movie is fine if i'm being very generous that's very generous yeah it's just it's just so forgettable so like i barely remember the plot of this movie i've got the wikipedia pulled up just in case i need a little booster because uh i, I nothing about this movie is memorable um my, my thoughts on the earlier jurassic world uh and Jurassic, obviously like the rest of humanity jurassic park is is one of the best movies ever it's phenomenal um uh the you know, the lost world Jurassic Park 3 are are kind of whatever Jurassic World I think is I think it's fine it's like an enjoyable movie it's not amazing but it's like it's perfectly enjoyable uh and then I agree with you Matt Fallen Kingdom is is truly terrible like it's a, it's truly a really bad movie um so coming into this I I just don't care you know what I mean? Like they they after making like a fine movie and then a terrible sequel, there's just nothing to really get me to care about. So um, but the biggest compliment I can give uh, Jurassic World Dominion is that it's certainly an improvement on the Fallen Kingdom. It is not nearly as bad. And maybe that's why I'm able to say that it's fine because it's not remotely as bad. Um, look, it's nice to have the old cast back. Uh, really, it's, it's refreshing. And I, I think having. Laura Dern and Sam Neill, uh, they, they do a fine job with what they're given. And uh, so, it, you know, with them there, it makes it feel like a little bit less of a cheap ripoff from the original series. Um, it still feels like a cheap ripoff, but maybe just a little bit less. And, uh, you know, they're, they're fun. There's some decent action here, some fun, you know, dinosaur attacks. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's enjoyable enough to a degree. It's just that... This is completely forgettable. There's nothing about this movie that's special or interesting or memorable. Turning this this new trilogy into this like global espionage thriller comedy, it, it just it just doesn't make any sense and it's not interesting. What what made Jurassic Park special was the grandeur, the terror of the 
unseen and the unknown. And and there's nothing remotely like that here. Dinosaurs are so boring in this movie. Like, they're, they're boring. Um, they're nothing special. And so that's why I say the movie just went in one ear and out the other because there's nothing special. As a blockbuster, it's fine. There are worse blockbusters out there. It's, and it's certainly not the worst Jurassic Park movie. It's just... It's just disappointing. I, I just don't care anymore, and I really just want them to be done. Okay, Danilo Castro, what about yourself? I love the first Jurassic Park. It's great. Uh, I think the second and third ones, the entertainment value varies depending on what you're looking for. Uh, I don't think they, they hold a candle. I think Jurassic World was a little bit of a return to form. I remember liking it. I think I went and saw it opening weekend. Um, Fallen Kingdom was awful. And like Daniel, it kind of just killed any sort of like momentum or interest I had in the franchise. I was kind of tapped out after that. So going into this, it was just, it was just, uh, just completing it at this point. It was just for, for completion's sake. And with that low of a bar, I still came away pretty disappointed. Um, I'm going to echo Daniel's thoughts that it's forgettable, but I will say having just watched it last night, it was forgettable, but in a way that annoyed me in real time, if that makes any sense. Like all the little things that were thrown in there, so many references to the original, uh, so many little nods and callbacks and just any sort of thing that perked up my, my, my ears or made me sit up was it was because it was something I had recognized before. And that's the kind of um, what is the term legacy sequel? Is that how we're saying that out loud? Yes. Okay, that it it just struck me as like the most obvious sort of lazy version of what a legacy sequel could be, um, whenever that did happen, and so that that really left a bad taste in my mouth. But but the rest, all the stuff that's original, done with the new characters, is so by the book, so generic that it's just I can't imagine it's going to stay with me. Uh, you know, much longer past when I when I saw it. So, um, yeah, no, this one was not good. I don't know if it's my least favorite yet. This one and Fallen Kingdom are kind of duking it out, but it doesn't bode well for the franchise that the last two are sort of in an arm wrestling contest for for the bottom of the list for me. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll save more specifics for when we go on. But no, this was this was definitely not it. Wow, Danilo, you you, you think this could be worse? in your opinion, than Fallen Kingdom? I think Fallen Kingdom maybe have, was worse in its construction, but there were just the things that they attempted to do here kind of annoyed me in a different way. So mm. I'll try to have a more concrete opinion by the end of this review <laughs> as to which one the worst is. Well, funny enough, actually, I think this might be my favorite of the three new ones. Interesting. But that's not saying much. Very Interesting. This movie, okay. So you got to understand, I was not a fan of Jurassic World, and I was definitely not a fan of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So my expectations for this third film were extremely low. And I'm not one of those people who instantly thought, oh, this is better just because Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and Laura Dern are back. I'm not one of those people. But there were some elements to it that I did enjoy, and it was mostly when the movie was delivering on what the promise of what the premise of this movie was originally supposed to be. Dinosaurs in the real world with humans and what you know, what are the consequences of that? 
So everything that this movie does in terms of these epic shots of dinosaurs running with horses across open fields or dinosaurs uh, running through the streets and crashing into cars, casually eating guys on scooter bikes, whatever. This movie delivered for me when that premise was coming through, okay? Like, I think uh, the Malta scene with Chris Pratt evading the laser-targeted velociraptors and how those are being sold, like, on the black market. More of that, please. That That's, like, the kind of interesting premise that I wanted from a film like this. I wanted something that was going to be different than all the other films that came before it, thus giving it this unique identity as a grand conclusion on a global scale. But instead, what did we get? We got this Biosyn storyline with this Apple Tim Cook ripoff. I don't even know if that's what they were going for, but that's what it came off to be like. Uh, Freaking, what's his name? Uh, Campbell Campbell Scott. Mm -hmm. Like, I I just don't know what exactly they were going for completely with uh, this character and... But, like, at the end of the day, it's just another park storyline of them caught on this, what they call a sanctuary, up in, like, the Italian mountains. And they have to go through security doors, and they have to override systems, and they have to do everything that we've seen them do in the other movies again. That, That was not interesting to me. None of that was. It just felt like a repeat, and in doing so, it reminded me of how inferior these three new films are compared to the originals. Making all these characters action stars is a complete misunderstanding of the first Jurassic Park. Oh, but that's just your typical, like, 2022 filmmaking now because of the way that blockbusters have been ruined by Star Wars, Marvel, and things of that nature. Everybody has to be like this superhero type of action star like chris pratt the whole thing with owen and the whole i can control dinosaurs by putting out my hand thing now (laughs) it's hilarious man i i don't know where this superpower came from but i still (laughs) three films in think it's the cheesiest thing that they've come up with and they can't stop (laughs) it's like constant throughout this whole movie he even he even has other characters doing it in this one yes the, the the fact that they made a repeated element of these this whole trilogy, Chris Pratt having a relationship with a raptor is just so deeply stupid. And they've strung it out for three movies. It's incomprehensibly dumb. It is They're really so committed ridiculous. to that subplot. And it's because you know what you could do with CGI? You can give creatures personality. And We as human beings instinctually, uh, even if they are like terrifying creatures, there are so many people out there that have this attachment to animals that making an animal sympathetic is like a thing that now can be used for audience manipulation in a way that uh, I just think is a cheap tactic on any filmmaker's part. And this whole relationship with Owen and Blue and Blue's kid What's it? Beta, right, is the name? Yes, the the virgin birth. It's the it's the Jesus of dinosaurs. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man. And then they had this whole cloning storyline on top of that. 
Yeah. With uh, Maisie Lockwood, for who I gotta tell you why I haven't rewatched Fallen Kingdom since it came out, so I was like struggling to remember who this character was at first. Same, same. But yeah, a little bit. They continue that storyline, so they have that going on. They've got the Biosyn thing. They've got dinosaurs in the real world. They've got this other storyline with giant locusts, which, by the way, for me as somebody who doesn't like bugs, absolutely terrifying. Oh yeah. I, I agree it was terrifying, but it was like, I think what you're getting at, Matt, is that they had just had so much going on yes. that it, it was like hard to connect the locusts to the cloning. Like they were trying to capture the little girl, whatever her name is. And and I, I couldn't connect those plots in my head. I was like, what what are we doing here? Well, all it is is an evil corporation who is putting on a mask for society saying, oh, we're doing this for the right reasons and we're doing like all this genetic mutation and everything for curing disease and things like that. It's not about the money. They make it a very, very clear point to say, oh, we're not doing this for profit, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh, like you said, and what I was trying to get at, there's too many storylines all kind of coming together. Where all this movie needed to do was they needed to just focus on the fact that dinosaurs are in the real world. And what are the consequences of that? Can humans coexist with dinosaurs? Yeah, that's weirdly, like, not a plot point. <laughs> like, no. no, it's not it's, it's about rescuing this girl, this baby dinosaur, stopping these locusts. And God knows what else. Oh, and by the way, we have to have Jeff Goldblum, you know, rattle off some one-liners for humor. Yeah. Which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. It is fine, but that's all he's reduced to in this. Yes, I agree. I think I'm going to go a step further. He's reduced to doing that, but he's also reduced to running with flair again, having his shirt open again. Like, they're, like, leaning into, like, iconography in a really just kind of obvious way with the, with those, some of those old characters. And it's like, oh, come on. Like, with Jeff Goldblum, they got away with it, though. It's because it's Jeff Goldblum, though. Like, in terms of, like, execution, it, it still kind of annoyed me. Yes. Well, because be, due to the who Ian Malcolm is, he's pointing out the flaws of the Jurassic World trilogy mm-hmm. to the audience. And saying, like, how stupid Owen's whole hand control dinosaur thing is. And, like, you made a promise to a dinosaur. It's that thing, though, right? If you point out... Doesn't even say at one point, like, Jurassic World. Not a fan. Yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a franchise film be so just ashamed of itself. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's that thing of like, if you call out the ridiculousness, it doesn't necessarily excuse it. <laughs> no, you know, we, we still have to sit through it with Jeff Goldblum's character. And then they have Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler as kind of like this elderly couple. Well, they're not a couple, but like they never ended up together. And now they're like in middle age, old age. They have, uh, well, in Ellie's case, she has kids. Alan Grant's been alone. And the platonic, like, nature of their relationship in the first film that was built on mutual respect is full-blown romance in this movie. Yep. Not a good direction to go. I did not approve. 
I, I could take it or leave it. Like, I didn't care that much about the romance, but it didn't bother me. It's like, sure, I you know, I think the way that they played it was fine doing the whole, you know, it's been whatever, 20, 30 years since they've seen each other and she's now divorced and all this stuff. Like, I was like, OK, sure, fine. But what it did, though, was it made Alan Grant's like character to me cheaper like not as interesting like they like just dwindled him down to this sad like lonely man who can't find happiness unless if he's with this one woman i think cheaper is the uh, operative word uh it's but i mean it's that thing they do in order to bring back legacy characters right they're disgraced they're washed up they're not as memorable or cool as we thought so that they have to solve something with the new characters like it's becoming a cliche in and of itself, even though it was, I feel like, originally tr- like introduced to be a workaround. I mean, I, I kind of figured that's what they were going to do with this character, and they kind of did it to a T. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think what, what made it feel cheap to me, what made those characters feel cheap to me was not their romance, but it was the... the their involvement? The, yeah, the way the plot used them, in which... They they weren't necessary in any way, shape, or form. They did nothing. Well, no, because they were part of this whole Locust storyline with Biosyn. And right, they were uncovering that stuff. It feels like the thorough line of like these three films has been about Owen Grady and Claire uh, protecting this little girl, Maisie. I know she was introduced in Fallen Kingdom, but you know before that you had Blue and so on and so forth. So like that's like been the continuing storyline of these three films. And to just reintroduce the three legacy characters by chasing down this unknown locust that is ravaging the world's crops and how it's all related to this company, Biosyn, the way they just kind of come together through that, it, first of all, it's not so much that I have a problem with the fact that Biosyn is the thing that links them all together. I, I just hate the fact that this movie was once again about an evil corporation with some sort of a park or in this case, a sanctuary. And that's where the dinosaurs are. And I just like like I said earlier, it just felt like we were treading over old ground all over again. Well, it's because here's the here's the thing. It's because this shouldn't be a franchise like there's nothing about the Jurassic Park about the film Jurassic Park that demands a franchise like this is a very specific story and you can only expand it so much. And that's what we're discovering here in this new trilogy. And especially in these last two films, that the more you expand the story, the stupider and stupider it gets. Like, like the fact that we talked about dinosaurs are roaming the earth and it, it doesn't even factor into the plot of this movie. Like that is so bizarre. And it just shows that, that this, this just doesn't, shouldn't be a franchise. Like, we know this is going to be rebooted in 10 years if we're if we're being generous. And I'm just so an, I'm pre annoyed already because it just yeah. doesn't make any sense to keep stretching this thing out. That shouldn't be two movies, much less six plus. I didn't think about that. You know what they're going to do? They're not going to reboot it in 10 years. I mean, well, here's what they're going to do. They're going to take the wrong lessons from this movie and they're going to do a spinoff. But it's going to be because one of the things I think that most of us are united on and they're going to catch on to this. They're going to go, oh, most people seem to like this element. I actually think the inclusion of DeWanda Weiss as Kayla Watts, this like ex-Air Force pilot who helps uh, Owen and Claire. 
I thought she was the best character in this whole movie, and she was a total, complete badass in this. And my theory is they're going to realize that that's what the fandom is mostly latching onto, and they're going to give her her, uh, her own spinoff. She absolutely is the best character in this movie. There is no question. She is phenomenal. My, my audience was laughing at this movie. Like, they were not having a great time. You could tell they were... Uh, laughing at some of the cheesy one-liners, but like not in a way that you would mm-hmm. want. But when she came on, like by the time we got to around to the third act, my audience was cheering for her. Like she was the best thing about that movie for a live audience, and they they all knew it. Yeah, she was a character that they weren't that they didn't have or that they couldn't like just rely on the iconography for, and it felt like they actually put some work in her character. They gave her some stuff to do. To your point, I forget which one you said it. Well, you know what it was? She didn't have anything to do that was completely idiotic and stupid. Exactly. She was competent. Mm-hmm. She was powerful. She was badass with with everything that she did. People like seeing that. Yeah, I, I do think you're probably right, Matt. That they are currently today having discussions about, you know, a spinoff series or something for her character. I, as much as I loved DeWanda Wise and her character... I just I don't want it. I just don't want it because it would be set in this stupid world. And I think the world that they have created is is truly dumb. And uh, I just really don't want to see any more from it. Now, what do you all think? Because I know I alluded to this earlier about um, Campbell Scott and him being almost like a Apple Tim Cook sort of ripoff. Or at least that's what they were trying to like portray Biosyn as. Did you all like catch those vibes from that? And what did you think ultimately of him as the bad character in all of this? Because I really was confused by how he was playing this performance. I actually thought that like I'm watching him and I'm saying to myself, he has such a cold detachment. uh, But yet he's trying to be personable and smiling and putting on a front for everybody and i thought wow it feels to me like he's actually trying to ground this character and make him set within a type of uh, tone of a film that does not match this one and then he has that one scene that i've already seen people pointing out online where he flips out in anger in front of everybody and i'm like nope okay never mind you sir are in the right type of movie now. I almost just felt like there was almost like this tug of war between him wanting to portray the character one way and them wanting to make him a mustache twirling villain cartoonish character at times. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that it was undercooked. Um, he, I think he was, I, I didn't read it as personable the, the, the way he was trying to portray himself at first. I, th- I thought it was like aloof, like, uh, you know, the kind of classic, honestly, I, I, uh, I, I don't mean this in an offensive way. I, I think this is what they were going for, like kind of like the uh, autistic uh, savant kind of kind of leader. That's what I that those are the vibes that I got from what he was mm. trying to do with some of the goofy things like asking uh, Mamadou's character, like, do you have one of my bars like th- those kind of weird idiosyncrasies? Yeah. But it just felt undercooked. Like it didn't feel it felt like they were just kind of trying stuff. And then I agree, Matt, when he like flipped out, I was like, okay, this is what I want from this character. So it was like hit or miss. Some of it worked for me. Some of it didn't. I I didn't want that. I wanted him to remain as a grounded, intimidating character, like the stuff that they gave him, the quirks and everything. To me, that is what, um, to use this word again, cheapened the character for me and made him a joke in my eyes. 
I think they split the difference, which is always a bad thing with these types of broad characters. It should have yeah. been more one way or the other because I, I, I did kind of leave thing like kind of unresolved in terms of what I was supposed to get out of him. And then that's never a good sign. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you guys on that. How, did you guys know that that character was in the 1993 original film? Did you did you all know that? Not no. until afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Play, played by a freaking sex offender, apparently. Uh, I just discovered that. Yeah. 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 Yikes. So the whole thing with the uh, the the canister of like cream and everything, they were trying like so hard to tie that back into the original and then have him get killed by the. Uh, it was so forced. The, I can't remember the name of the dinosaurs. I'm sorry, but the poison. The Velociraptor. Uh, sure. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that was a callback, obviously, to uh, Stephen Knight. Uh, wait, Stephen Knight? No, Wayne Knight, Wayne Knight in the yeah. first film. <laughs> Stephen Knight. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting scene. Hey, you know what? After Serenity, I probably wanted him to be eaten di- by dinosaurs, honestly. Um, That's where my head went, too. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, I am also shocked, like completely baffled, that this is supposed to be the final film in this franchise, supposedly. And the body count in this movie is so low. Like, no humans got eaten by dinosaurs in this movie at all. Yeah. It's because this movie isn't about dinosaurs. Like, that's that's the annoying thing about this movie. This movie is like, uh, it's trying to be like Mission Impossible, like uh, espionage. We're going to be spies now. That's what this movie is about. And the dinosaurs are like totally secondary. Uh, they are not in any way, shape, or form primary to this story. Except and that's... Blue. That's the frustration. Well, even that's secondary. I mean, like that's true. This, yeah, this yeah, movie is I'm about thinking. this movie is about the locusts. It's about yeah. like the bioterrorism on the 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 crops and like global starvation and stuff like that. That's what this movie is about, and it just so happens that it's set in a world with dinosaurs. It, uh. It's it's so frustrating. I also think to to avoid like a repeat of okay, the Velociraptors and the T Rex are the big bad dinosaurs of this movie again. They had to find ways to introduce new dinosaurs that were bigger, that were meaner, more intense. And at a certain point, I think a ceiling was hit with that. Now, in this movie, I already mentioned like the Malta uh, motorcycle riding sequence. I actually really liked that sequence a lot. I thought that was genuinely thrilling and really well done. Uh, But the other sequence I really liked in this was the one with Claire, where she was trying to avoid the one dinosaur in the water. I thought that was pretty well executed as well. And I really liked I the design of that dinosaur too. how it was like a bird with a long neck and these like these like claws that it had. I, I thought that was all really, really well done to the point where the problem, though, is that then when they bring the T-Rex out, yeah, you have the nostalgia factor and they actually try like I think a little way too hard to uh, do too many callbacks in that scene to the 1993 original that I watched that T-Rex and I was just like, oh, you're you're not as bad. You're, you're not you're not so much of a threat anymore. Yeah, it's I mean, it's the thing that Daniel said where it's like the dinosaurs aren't scary. Well, the reason why they're not scary is because of the over-reliance on CGI. Well, that too, yeah. I, I, I could see there were attempts in this movie to use animatronics. Like, did you guys see some mm-hmm. of the practical effects in this? Because I, I was like mm-hmm. a little taken aback because I remember there being a lot less of it in the previous two. But I saw more of it here than I feel like I ever did in the previous ones. Definitely. Yeah, I appreciated yeah. that. Uh, especially... 
I feel like they didn't use it for any of the kind of big sequences, or at least not that I noticed. But anytime, no, because why? Why would they? Well, sure, but sure. It, so anytime that they were interacting with like one of the smaller dinosaurs or a baby dinosaur or something, I was like, yeah, I, I appreciated that. Yeah, the application yeah. of it was good when they did use it. But the, I think that they, along the way, if they forgot that the fact that those were tangible, real, captured on film creatures is what made the dinosaurs in the the first film, especially. Second and third, yeah, not so much. But like, it, it just—that's what made them scary. Mm. That's what made them an actual threat to the humans. Was that they were real? It was that, and the fact that we hadn't just been worn down to what you were saying, Matt. Like, oh, it's the T Rex again. Mm-hmm. You know, how many movies in is this? They, they, they had the element of sort of spare, sparsity to their back, and so it was more exciting. But now at this point, they're overusing it. They're CGI. And it's just, we've seen it before. You're right to your, to your point, the design of the one in the water at least was different. It was frightening because it was kind of foreign to us. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't enough of that going on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com see you soon okay matt i have to i have to challenge something you said in your opening thoughts yeah you liked the laser targeted dinosaurs i did because at least it was a very interesting concept for you know what the underworld black market would use dinosaurs for i know it's silly and preposterous but at least it was a somewhat original idea that we hadn't seen before well i think wasn't that in the second in in fallen kingdom i think block that movie from my brain. Uh, well you know what i'll say to that like i said earlier i haven't rewatched fallen kingdom and I, i hated that movie so much i don't remember a single thing about it the only thing I remember about Fallen Kingdom was the scene where the dinosaurs are on fire while they're getting away on the boat. <laughs> yeah, I, the thing with the laser targeted dinosaurs is it it's just so silly. Uh, like it just it just if you want me to take this movie seriously, you got laser freaking targeted raptors. I, I'm out. I'm out. Like it's just the dumbest way to do this. These movies like it doesn't treat these. I know we're getting repetitive. It doesn't treat these dinosaurs as anything special or anything like that. This is just a tool, you know? It's just a tool. What did you think of the scene with Owen Grady and uh, and um, Kayla on the ice water? Um, 
That was okay. All right, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll ask this question. What was your favorite <laughs> sequence with dinosaurs in this movie, Daniel? Oh, I mean, I, I can barely remember specific sequences. I think you're right. The one with uh, Claire in in the water, because that's where the movie kind of slowed down, right? It let that, that was a very slow moving, tense sequence. And so it let the movie slow down and just have this extended sequence where she's just having to be silent island and and escape this dinosaur so that that one really did work for me um i said in my opening thoughts overall the action is fine it's just not memorable like you asked me what my favorite sequence is i don't i don't freaking know i have no clue i don't remember um none of the sequences are interesting they were fine while i was watching it there was nothing there were there were few other than the laser tar- targeted velociraptors there were very few sequences that i was like actively you know upset about um while it was happening um, the action's fine. It's fine. What about you, Danilo? I think the the one you mentioned uh, in the water with Claire is the highlight for me. I think the uh, I, I'm struggling to think of a way to not just echo what what Daniel just said. It, it, the the rest of the scenes are fine. There wasn't anything that made me like guffaw or be like, oh my god, what is this? But they were just fine. They they sort of went in one ear and then out the other. Yeah, just okay, just fine. I mean, the action was bogged down in all the other sort of issues I was having with the callbacks and the multiple narratives and the this and that. And it just, it ended up drowning out, I think, things that maybe otherwise would have been exciting in another context. Yeah. Did you all have an issue in your screening where the sound felt like it was excruciatingly loud? No. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah. That was like a common complaint for our screening was that the sound was cranked up way too loud for this mm. uh, to the point that it actually made me almost consider that the sound work in this was good. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wow, like the sound is like really booming in this movie. Holy shit. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's sound work that I feel like I've heard before. This is visual effects work that I've seen before. There's nothing about this movie that is pushing the envelope or doing something that we haven't actually seen before and i would argue that the visual effects in this are like i'm sure when you really break it down and if you were to actually like sit down with the visual effects artists i'm sure that they're impressive like i really i really do but to me i think that the story and everything else surrounding it just dampens it so much that you you're just rendered to a state of not caring in the end exactly so it doesn't really matter how good any of those elements are when all is said and done. And th- the one good thing to say about Fallen Kingdom is that there there was a better visual style. Like that is probably the best looking Jurassic World uh, Jurassic movie since Jurassic Park. Um, uh, and so it does visually feel like a little bit of a step backward to this film. What do you guys think of Michael Giacchino's uh, score? Because like, I feel like that's another element of this movie that should be more memorable than it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I'm kind of surprised that it's equally as unmemorable as some of the other elements I just mentioned. Cause Giacchino is a really good composer. He's he felt handcuffed by having to reference some of the iconic John Williams musical stings i feel like yeah. he didn't really get a chance to stretch his legs with this and it came I, I think anybody really could have done it which is a big waste of of him in particular mm-hmm. yeah i completely I, yeah i think you hit the nail on the head i i he just didn't have room to soar and i i didn't even feel like 
uh, he used John Williams' score in any effective way. Like, I don't remember, could have been there, but I don't remember, like, a big sweeping moment with that iconic uh, score, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have, like, a moment where I was like, oh, yes, the this is the moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get what you mean. The themes are there, I hear them, but they don't perfectly line up with a memorable scene or moment that makes me go, oh, that was the... You know, that was the hero moment or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. The other thing I just want to bring up, and I know this is a bit of a spoiler, so I apologize. Did it surprise either one of you that none of the legacy characters, uh, no pun intended, bit it in this one? I, I'm not sure that I cared enough. Like, I thought when Jeff Goldblum was leading the one dinosaur away with the fire and everything, I was like, oh, this is it. I was like, that's it for Dr. Ian Malcolm. But uh, no, they didn't do that. I'm trying to, like reverse engineer what I was thinking before I saw it. I, I don't think I ever considered it or like feared that they would do it. And I don't know why, because I would think in most situations, it's a good point. I, I honestly kind of almost feel like it was like the uh, scream movie we got earlier this year where heading into it, I was like, ah, oh, there's no way they're not going to kill anybody from the original trio. And then they yeah. did. And I was like, Oh yeah, shit, like completely credit. took me by surprise. So I think maybe subliminally, like heading into this, I kind of maybe had a slight expectation that they would. That makes I, sense. I mean, it could have there could have been something to that. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to sit on that. I mean, but it also didn't feel like any one of them had any kind of satisfying conclusion to any sort of arc that was set up for either one of them that it would be warranted either. Exactly. And that's the and that's the other thing I I need to just bring up here as well is. <laughs> That might be the one thing about these three movies in particular that I think is the most frustrating piece of it all is none of these characters have satisfying character arcs like Owen does not, in my opinion, change. No, like throughout the course of these three movies. I mean, Claire, Claire changes in the first Jurassic World. She's very different. Oh, that's true. That is true. I'm sorry. Yes, you are right about that. But But I mean, like, just, yeah. Since then, since the end of Jurassic World, in the past two movies, she she hasn't really changed. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there there doesn't seem to be, like, any care or consideration taken towards making these characters uh, people worth caring about. Yeah, because we're not even getting little, like, attempts that just don't work. They're just not even really trying to alter them really at all. Yeah. I I just like I this movie was so badly wants me to care about Maisie. Yeah. Just it, it's like begging it, begging me to. And I I just don't. Especially yeah. because her whole storyline with this whole immaculate conception thing. <laughs> like I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, they they never they never I feel like they spend a lot of time explaining it. But none of it makes sense at all. No, <laughs> I'm like, I yeah, you, you keep telling me, but I just I'm not getting it. Oh, and I, I don't even want to get started on the decision to use Maisie. Um, sorry, to use Isabel Sermon to play uh, Maisie's mother, Charlotte, in the uh, video footage. Oh, yeah. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, I, I forgot yeah. about it. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, you couldn't just cast an older actress? Because 
how old is Isabella like Sermon? She's not convincing to play an adult. I'm sorry. She is not. <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. Well, wait, it, wait, wait. They did. They did cast an adult to play. What are you talking about? I I know, but like there were these other scenes where I guess she was supposed to be slightly older, but also younger than that other actress. And yeah, no, I was she like, was, she was supposed to be a kid in those in those ones. Okay, a kid scientist. Yeah, well, yeah. Don't. I'm not defending the logic. <laughs> I'm just explaining. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes she was supposed to be a kid scientist yeah okay uh all right i don't really know if i have any other notes at this point but i guess that's a good point to get to final thoughts probably so danilo is there anything else you want to mention about jurassic world dominion that we haven't brought up um i think you know discussion and to dane's point about uh the previous film kind of having a more distinct look jay Biona's sort of style i'm i don't i don't like either movie but I think I might give the nod to Fawn Kingdom, which would put this one at the bottom for me. So wow. my final thought will be I, I like this one the least of the new trilogy. All right. We got Danilo to that place. All right. <laughs> Daniel Howitt, what about you? Well, I, I will admit the more we talk about this movie, the less I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I really it really is just there's so little good to talk about here. Like I, I'm trying to because Really, in terms of final thoughts, I mean, really, I left the movie fine. Like, I, I, I was Fallen Kingdom. I left like mad. Like, what is this? Same. And this one, I did not. I, I left feeling, oh, you know, it was fine. It was enjoyable. You know, and and uh, one thing we should mention is that this has a very solid audience score. I know audience score is hard to you know hard to do, but it's got like an A minus cinema score. It's got a high Rotten Tomatoes audience score. I, I don't know how, though, because this movie doesn't even really deliver on any kind of like dinosaur action that much, in my opinion. I, I agree. That's why I didn't like it. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think these are this is maybe the sort of you think it's like the Transformers movies where they're just like idiot proof. Yeah, I think to a degree. I mean, I, you know, I think it's just kind of, oh, cool dinosaurs and you know, Chris Pratt running around and, you know, it's just I think the action is generic enough that it's just kind of cool. A thrilling action movie. Great. I'm going to love yeah. it. Yeah. You know, if, as long as you don't think too much about the story, you know, I think if they weren't there before, I think the inclusion of the original cast kind of gets it there also. True. True. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I, I personally got to tell you all, I think maybe sort of the reason why I like this one the most of the three has a lot to do with just their mere inclusion because I don't yeah. care about the other characters that have been set up since Jurassic World. I really don't. But these three I do. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me that goes a long way even if I feel that they fumbled so many elements of who those characters actually are in those original three films and how they're portrayed here. Just the very fact that they are even present did a lot for me. Yeah, I totally. think that's fair. And like I said, I don't I'm not I'm not going to be one of those people that go like that says this is a great movie because of that. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's a really bad movie still. <laughs> uh, but is it my favorite of the three latest ones? <sighs> Probably. Have you have you when was the last time you rewatched Jurassic World? Honestly, not since the theater. And I don't. The thing is, Daniel, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't like, I just you. don't care. Yeah. I don't <laughs> so, you and you, you're probably right. I'm probably wrong. That might be maybe my favorite if I rewatch it, but I just don't care enough to take the time to do so. Yeah, it's 
it really is better than these two, in my opinion. I, I, it's it's pretty generic still, but it's like it's kind of just a repeat of Jurassic Park in 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 a good way, or in in as good of a way as it can be. You know, it's yeah. just kind of like yeah. I know some people who think Fallen Kingdom is the best one. That is crazy talk, and That's you should remove those people from your life. Fascinating. Yeah, I, I know they exist, though. <laughs> I'd love to hear that conversation. You, if you look hard <laughs> enough online and you see people, because that's what everybody's doing right now, is everybody's doing like a re-ranking of the, of the movies, the six yeah. films right now, and there are a lot of people who like Fallen Kingdom. Wow. That, that is wild. That's mm-hmm. wild. I agree. But here we are. Uh, anything else? Boy, in terms of final thoughts, no, I think that's, I think that's uh, the gist of it. Um, I think I said everything I wanted to say. This movie doesn't inspire a lot of passionate rambling. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's where I'm at. <laughs> All right, Tangle, how what about you? Yeah, no, I there's there's really nothing more to say other than uh, what I've already said. Just please stop making these movies. It just really it's so uninteresting. Uh, you know, for for how little su- success they had from The Lost World in Jurassic Park 3. Those at least still had dinosaurs like uh, be interesting and, you know, unique as opposed to just, oh, look, dinosaurs are everywhere. Like it's the complete antithesis of what Jurassic Park was intended to do or say or be. And so I just really want this franchise to just just be done. Yeah, just be done. I think for my final thoughts here, I, I have like little tiny things. Um, for example, the way Laura Dern takes off her glasses, just like uh, Alan Grant does in the first one, where yeah. she uses like both of her hands. <laughs> My audience howled at that moment. And once again, I don't think it was like in a way that was good. I think they were just like, oh, my God, this is so cheesy. How dare they? <laughs> Another note that I have here. Did you guys notice there was a point where they had Jeff Goldblum say time's up? And I was like, wait a minute. That's the wrong fucking franchise. That's Independence yeah, that, Day. That's Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, but they did it in such a way where I was like, are they trying to call attention to this? You know? I didn't even think about that. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, there was also a point with uh, Malcolm where he was trying to do a door code to uh, let the characters out from the cave. And I am genuinely shocked with how cheesy and silly this movie was that the code wasn't 1993. <laughs> oh man they missed see you should have been in the writer's room <laughs> no please no god <laughs> um the final montage sequence of showing the humans and the dinosaurs coexisting i'm sorry that should have been like the beginning of the movie and that's what the whole movie should have been about i don't understand still why this was not a global like almost roland emmerich disaster film at times yeah like the fact that they had to keep it so self-contained still really baffles me that's truly what this should have been because then it would actually reckon with the fact that dinosaurs are everywhere not to mention it would have been more epic in scale and size and would have been befitting of a conclusion to these six films Mm -hmm. yeah oh my god i really really want the title someday of in-house philosopher (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when they, I, I still can't uh, believe that that's what his title was at Biosyn. <laughs> it's, it's good work if you can uh, get it. Exactly. <laughs> hey, they, pay, they paid him very well, didn't they? Yep. <laughs> I, I actually also really like uh, 
Mamadou uh, Afi, who plays Ramsey Cole in this. I wish that he had not so much more to do, but I really wish more emphasis was placed on that character because I actually really did like his inclusion in this and how it, it always felt like they were trying to write him away where you didn't know whether to trust him or not and if he was actually going to turn on them at any time, but th- they didn't. He he was somebody on the inside that really wanted to help take down Biosyn, and I wish they just took more time to explore that character just a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's he's a great actor that I want to see more from. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really understand his character arc at all. He just kind of kept changing at different points to serve the story. It it, it was it was very undercooked. And also too, uh, BD Wong. I, I I still don't really know what they were trying to do with his whole arc of trying to fix the mistakes that he made from 1993 and like what the solution was like that whole part of the story was very lost on me still. Or it's so simple that I'm like refusing to believe that it was that simple. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get it. I I, I don't know why he was in this movie. Uh, So overall, I, I, you know, I got to admit, like, I'm sorry. I, I, I did like some of the set pieces in this film. I thought it actually, for as long as it was, it moved in such a way where I never felt like the pacing ever dragged. Even though like I was having a miserable time with the story and characters, I did feel like the movie moved. So I do give it some points for that. Is it a movie that I actually ever want to rewatch again? No. Uh, and it's not just because the locusts will give me nightmares, but I genuinely just don't want to watch this movie again. With that said, the bar was just so incredibly low for me uh, following Fallen Kingdom that uh, I'm I'm giving it like a honestly like a four out of ten. Uh, I I really didn't hate it the way that I've seen so many other people hate it. I, I'm just like a, very indifferent to a lot of elements. I hate some elements, and there were like maybe only two things in this I genuinely liked, uh, but. Overall, like I, I am negative, but just not as negative as I thought I was going to be when all is said and done here. God, you're making me really want to rewatch like Jurassic World to see like. I think you'd like it better, man. I think you would too. Yeah, it's the Force Awakens of the Jurassic Park. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I just don't want to. Uh, <laughs> then don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm not sitting here saying that this is a good movie. Still, I, I really. Mm-hmm don't like what they've done with this franchise. I really hope that this is the end. And I hope that the executives don't take away the wrong lessons from this because they're going to see how much money this movie is going to make. It's going to make money. It's going to do well. That audience score, like you said before, Daniel, it's like it's going to make money. And they're going to say, oh, maybe we should retcon this whole epic conclusion this is the end of the franchise thing you know so many uh non like movie friends of mine uh said you know i was talking to them about movies whatever and uh they were saying okay when you go see the new jurassic world can you just enjoy it it's they're so good can you just enjoy it and i was like no people really want to love this movie like they really they are very i think that's why the audience score is so high they just love the the Jurassic name so much that they're just in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree. I think it's just blind nostalgia, really. Off of one movie mainly, which I think is fascinating. We're not dealing yes. with right. movies that are competing for the top spot. It's clearly one and then all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, a, a very weak four out of 10 for me. Danilo, what about you? I'm going to give it a three out of 10. I don't like this movie. 
I don't want to watch it again. And yeah, I just, the, the abundance of references and all that just left me feeling very hollow and a little cheap in, uh, especially, uh, with some of the original character stuff. So yeah, no, this is a bad movie. I would say skip it if I thought anybody was going to skip it, but we're all going to go see this. So that's irrelevant. How it. Okay. So when I left the theater, I rated it a five because like I said, I, I was f- like kind of indifferent to it. Like I didn't yeah, like no, it. it sim- very similar vibes. How it seriously. Uh, it, it's I'm just, so it's a, it's a soft five. I'm debating if I want to lower it to a four. I think after the discussion you want to. Yeah. Like, I mean, really this discussion, we really have been <laughs> just bashing this movie. Um, yeah, I, I'll probably drop it down. Maybe, maybe I'd say a strong four, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, that's where I'll settle. All right. Uh, as far as any Oscar potential goes for this movie, you know, the first two films did not like, no, sorry, no. I mentioned earlier, like, what is this movie doing with visual effects that the other two didn't do? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, visual effects is obviously the only place that it could contend. Do you guys remember yeah. if the other movies made the shortlist? I'm, I'm sure that they did. I know Jurassic World did because I do remember there being some conversation over whether or not I I, like I actually do remember people predicting it to get the nomination and it didn't. Yeah, I'm sure it was very close to getting the nomination for for the first for Jurassic World. Uh, I just don't remember about Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom, I am pretty sure like it was just a non-starter because the reviews weren't there and it never it never really went anywhere Mm -hmm. uh visual effects society still went forward but like in terms of any other critics groups or anything else no like no critics choice no bafta nothing like that yeah i think if the if either of the other films had gotten nominated i would consider this more i i think this i wouldn't be shocked to see this uh on the short list but probably not a nomination unless it's just a very weak year for visual effects which i don't think it will be no i don't think it's going to be either i mean we already have uh three films with the batman top gun maverick and avatar kind of taking a default spot just in terms of critical reviews respect and how visual effects are used Mm -hmm. you know and then we still have others to come that yeah there's no way no way all right. Well, that'll do it here for our conversation on Jurassic World Dominion. Danilo Castro, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Danilo S. Castro. Daniel Howitt. You can find me on Twitter at HowittDK. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.
You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.